Welcome to Writer Syndrome. This is a podcast about writing from start to finish. I'm your host, Russ Capasso, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tim Letney. Tim Letney, how are you? Doing well, Russ. Thanks for having me, man. <laughs> having you. I mean, you're going to be here every, every episode. <laughs> I know, but like you're inviting me to your space. I appreciate it. You're always invited. So yeah, what do, you, what do we do now? I think that's the question, right? We wanted to discuss uh, where we begin, not as a podcast, but as a writer. Where do you start? A little background for everyone. We are kind of two, well, Tim's been writing for a long time, I would say. Can we <laughs> I say think. successfully though? So I, I'm actually in the middle of working on publishing my first novel, which will be coming out this fall, hopefully this year. Tim and I have been supporting each other in our journey for getting our first books published. And this kind of where this spawned from. So it's kind of lessons from the from our, our early road here. Russ has been integral in like getting me back on track for writing. I'd written for a while, you know, I majored in English, my undergrad, graduate degree in English, but I was completely stuck when it came to creative writing again. And Russ, thank you, inspired me to, you know, get back in the chair and get back to it after a lot of years off. The last time I was in a writer's group was in my late 20s. So now that I'm an old man in my 40s, it's been a while. Was it late twenties? Is that the same one that I was in with you, or were we in our early thirties? No, it was different. Actually, I'd sat down. I was going to write. Um, I was writing a coming of age tale of a cannibal in Boston. <laughs> you know, because there was story. a clarion call for that story to be told. But um, I had no plan. I pantsed the whole thing, and I never finished it. So I got maybe two hundred pages in. I look back at it as a learning experience, maybe necessary to where I am now. And full disclosure, now I'm finishing up the third draft of a novel um, that I hope to publish sometime within the next year. So um, Russ is much further along than I am. I'm feeling pretty good, honestly. And I can say that I finished a story. I don't know how perfect it is right now, but mm. I finished a story that's, and I'm pretty damn proud of it, honestly. That, that's a win right there. So. so yeah, I think what we want to talk about in this one was where do we start? Where do we begin? Where did you start? Or and what do you think of that when we, we, we talked about this briefly before we started? It's like, what does that mean? You know, it's funny. I don't want to go all the way back to when I was a kid, right? But I do think that, that writing has tendrils, which also appear in my story, tendrils that um, nice. go all the way back to youth, right? It's like when you feel your most uninhibited, and creative and less judged and you know you get praise for for writing in a way so ever since i was a kid i liked writing i was into it and then i kind of followed that trajectory up through college and then i just stopped man i yeah. stopped and then in the back of my head it was like i'm gonna get back to it someday right. and then i started to kind of be like you know that was something i did when i was just a kid i'm done with it <laughs> yeah yeah and then i just kept having this question all right i want to do it where do i start start yeah. reading about writing yeah. researching about writing yeah. but i wasn't fucking writing yes yeah you could do all the research you want but if you're not writing you're not writing so yeah it was weird it was like you know it's like when you're googling a, a sickness you know it's yeah. every ache is cancer <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah every thought is writing you know <laughs> that's why I, I hated writing when i was younger i was terrible at it and i still am but i'm getting better so with, with everything so i think that's an interesting so i want to i don't want to call you out russ but i want to call you out uh -oh. and i know i've done this a little bit in our zoom meetings uh-oh you are not terrible at writing. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. <laughs> and one of the ways to get started, honestly, is to not be hard on yourself. And 100%. Because honestly, the stuff you say about yourself 
Yeah. You believe that shit. Right? Yeah, yeah. You'll believe those laws your little that your brain will say. And all of a sudden it forms this narrative of, oh, I'm not that great. I yeah. read your book. I know yeah. it's good. Thanks, man. But I, it's also a like I, I say that and it's you know, there's a little self-deprecation there, but it's also you the humbleness. Yeah. And it's well, from my first draft of this this book to when I'm on like my third or fourth draft, I'm kind of learning how to tell a story correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh correctly, whatever that means. It is I can see how much better I've gotten. And mm-hmm. I still have so much more road to go to getting better with it, but it's like, wow, okay, this is, I can see pro, you know, progress being made from each draft and each revision. So um, That's great. recognizing that whatever you write is going to be terrible, and, but you just have to start, you have to start with something and make it better. Right. And I think it's like everyone reads that in every writing book there is, right? I wasn't prepared for how bad my first draft was. <laughs> I didn't realize it as I was writing. I'd read, you know, everywhere like, oh, don't share your first draft, you know, yeah. lock it in a closet for six months until it festers and then come back to it. And when I came back to it, I was like, oh my God. Like I felt like I was revising a middle schooler. But I mean, that's to yeah. say, I think all first draft for everybody. Yeah. They're a little messy. And I think why well, it's important to get through it. Yeah. The whole yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I got stuck the first time. And I think we're jumping ahead a little bit, but the first time that I sat down to write a book when I was younger, I got stuck in that endless cycle of revisions mm-hmm. because I was yeah. in a writer's group. So I'd write 10 pages and then I'd edit 10 pages. Yeah. yeah. And it was just this constant two steps forward, 10 steps back yeah. every single time. And I never finished the damn thing, which is probably for the best because I reread it recently. So edgy. Yeah. Look at you. Autobiographical story about a cannibal. It's it, I think well there's it's it's funny because we were talking about like, you know, the topic is like where do you start? Where do you get where do you get going? But uh, you know, at the end of that, it's also like finishing is also <laughs> equally as important, no matter how garbage you feel the thing is that you're doing just get it done from start to finish. But And I think we can talk, we can speak to the process of starting something and getting all the way to the end. So Russ, question for you. Yeah, hit me. If you can like think back yeah. eons ago to when you sat down to start this book, yeah. maybe even before you sat down, what yeah. got you in the chair and what helped you get through it? So this is going to sound a little cheesy, but I kind of say my dad actually. So he, it, the, the basis of the story is an idea he he actually was a kind of a rough premise he had, right? We were emailing back and forth because I always like, I wanted to write something. And originally this was going to be like a screenplay, which, you know, I enjoy that format of writing, but the novel I definitely had more control over. So that's kind of where it started. And we were emailing back and forth about it. And then he kind of flushed out the premise a little bit more. And I took it and I was like, well, there's not really a story here. I need to figure that out. So, but his, honestly, he was, he was kind of a big motivation because then all of a sudden he was just sending me like research and links (laughs) to like all these articles related to the topic. And it kind of just kept building. It was like every week, every other day he would send me something. So I was like, okay, I got to get this thing going. And then, I mean, I started it at the beginning of of the pandemic in 2020. What else also helped was I got fired from my job and wanted to write a novel and then there was a pandemic. So what are you going to do? Sit inside for three months and write a book. Had you been thinking about writing a novel like when you were still employed? You know, it was that kind of in the back of your head. Yeah, there was a, yeah, I had a, I had a goal of mine was to like take time off. I was like trying to get there, take time off to focus on it because I can't, I'm not as, uh, I have a hard time like I know you've done a really amazing job of like balancing, uh, you know, work and life and family and then and also writing, which is a big topic we could talk about in a whole other episode. But like I, I some of those things I don't I don't have some of those responsibilities. So I mean, the pandemic gave me headspace and space. Yeah. I mean, this um, work from home is provided. I mean, I'm essentially using commute time yeah. to write yes. before I actually log into work. 
Yeah. And in the evenings too, you know, I'm, I'm home as soon as the day's over. I don't need to commute home. So I've been able to use that time. Um, yeah. I'm going to sound cheesy yeah. um, to echo your sentiment. That's beautiful that your dad helped you kind of move the needle along with this story and that it helped strengthen a bond. Because I think writing in general, yeah. right? I mean, obviously it's all about communication. Mm-hmm. You're developing this relationship with your dad that maybe you wouldn't have had probably strengthening it through art, through your writing. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I'm, it is. I'm it, guessing that comes through in the book, honestly. It, yeah. Well, it's funny because he came up with the idea of the premise, but there really wasn't like a story per se, right? Like he had all these ideas, and right. like he was, he would feed me like some dialogue ideas and some stuff I would keep, some scenes and everything like that, which was you know helpful, motivating. But um, like there wasn't a, a meat to the story, and I was finally like going through some of his emails, and I was like, wait a second, I should just kind of have like this you know, father, son type of story attached to it. And I was like, this is kind of a no brainer. It's right in front of me. Uh, and then that kind of gave it like a little more heart, which I'm still working on making that, that kind of come through. But so yeah. you had the kickoff, you know, you've got the initiation kind of from your pop. Yeah. Did you set yourself a daily schedule, like a certain amount of time, the word limit, or, or was there yeah. some legwork that had to be done even before that on the research end of things or? Yeah. So this is going to be fun because I, I, we've been talking about writing for a while now. Uh, and I, we definitely have two different approaches and mine is very like structured. Oh yeah. We should probably tell the audience yeah. that we've been chatting about writing every week on Zoom for months and yeah. months. Are we almost to a year maybe? <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. I mean, it's probably like the seed of this podcast was... Yeah. We've been doing this organically anyway. But yeah, I think bef- uh, so for me before even sitting down, it was just like I need I need some structure. I need to I need to see all the beats. Of course, my ending was like I thought it was good and it's terrible. I'm still dealing with problems with it, but I had to have I had to have like scene by scene kind of breakdown so I knew where I was going and and, sh- and stuff shifted and that's totally fine, right? But it, there was definitely this kind of prep work of like, okay, cool. I get the premise. I've got some of these major scenes, these major beats that are going to happen. I can outline those. And then, and then the actual writing itself was, yeah, I set myself a goal of like 2000 a day. And that's what I wanted to get to. And that was, I remember that first like month, it was the first week. It was like, I could do 200. And I was just like, I'm, I'm spent. I can't write mm-hmm. any, like I couldn't figure it out. And then it was like next week, it was like all sum up to 500. And then the week after I was like up to 750. And then it's like, I'm up to a thousand. And I quickly jumped to like 2000. And then some mm-hmm. days I was doing like three to 4,000 in a day. And then the next day I do like a thousand or something. So it's so, so momentum based. And once you get going, it was just like, yeah, I knocked out a first draft in two and a half months, I think. That's so great. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about this because I've found, I think I've had a really similar experience. It reminds me a lot of really any kind of exercise. Your body doesn't want to do it, but you need to go to a space to do it. Your muscles are weak. I mean, if you're looking at your brain at the time, you're you're not used to writing. So you're going to start low, but the more you come back to the bench, the more you sit down at the table and type, the stronger you get, the easier the words come. So if I had any bit of advice for anybody listening right now, it'd be, don't be discouraged if you sit down and you write 15 words. Yeah. That's just like, don't be discouraged (laughs) if you're going to sit down and lift five pounds the first time, because every time you come back to it, you'll be able to do more but it's that routine yep. and it's the hardest time I think to carve out. And I think you need not just mental space. You actually need a physical space that you can go to, whether it's a desk in the corner, a yeah. basement, a library, someplace that you can give yourself an hour or two, even if nothing happens yeah. where you can just 
focus. When I had started writing this piece, it was a little bit before the pandemic. And I didn't plan like you. Yeah. I was pantsing at that moment. I started to plot later. But when I first started writing, it was just a feeling. I was like listening to the dead boys. I was like, yeah. And I was at the gym, actually. And I was like, oh, man, this song, this feels like punk 70s cold winter. And I was like, oh, I would love to write an apocalyptic tale or something about, you know, the late 70s, you know, Man. maybe in New York City, maybe Boston. And I went home at night after work, you know, with like two kids after dinner trying to write. Yeah. I didn't have a space. I'm in like an 800 square foot house in yeah. Somerville, Massachusetts. I was standing at like the mantle, just yeah. trying to type, yep. trying yep. to get in that headspace where you can like imagine and get into that kind of like spell casting where like you're picturing where you are and you can't do that with a dog barking and kids yeah. yelling and yeah. you know the door opening and closing you really need to find a space and find the time i don't know how you how you how how you did it well I, that's the thing is that i failed that time i didn't yeah. didn't succeed until i moved down here to new jersey yeah like where i actually have a writer's desk um we have a little more space yeah i don't think i would have succeeded if i kept with that approach because I was I was writing like I was drinking you know mm -hmm. it was a binge I was yeah, binge yeah. writing yeah and yeah. I wasn't writing to share information I think it was like writing to emotionally let off steam yeah. or give myself purpose the funny thing is the more that I've found writing or time to write here the less I've been drinking because damn it I think I feel sated it's not like this emotional thing anymore that's it's you know it's more story plot driven. yeah I mean, I won't say it's not emotional, but it's not driven by frustration, I think is what I mean to say, yeah. which is the same thing that all of my vices are driven by. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want writing to be a vice. You know, it's very much a release. Yeah. And on the flip side, like I have, I have none of those things distract me, but I, you still, even, even with it even without that life distractions around you, uh, that, you know, pull you in kind of different ways, like having a space you can go to, like even here, you know. And you I, do have distractions. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could be in your house them, completely but... alone and like refrigerator, TV, yeah, Tinder, the old PlayStation, yeah, <laughs> the old dating apps and the PlayStation, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything's a distraction. I mean, honestly, sitting down at a computer, right? Yeah. Like you want to sit down to write and all of a sudden you're in a web browser. Yeah. And that's really interesting, right? Because I've used the web for research, but early on it turned into surfing. You yeah. Know? And all of a sudden I'm just kind of dicking off on the internet and... Have you ever done like on completely like offline mode and just had like just your, your, your writing so, app? Open so you want to talk about work-life balance. The only time that I have offline mode is I have an hour and a half every Thursday in my kids' gymnastics <laughs> where I bring my computer and there's no Wi-Fi and I write in Scrivener offline. Um, yeah. But that's the only time. But yeah. it's so weird, right? Because there's all these parents in there like, go Sally, do your cartwheel. And I'm like writing this really gory you know, horror <laughs> <Yeah>. novel. <laughs> but it really did take some time for me to, to sit down. You know, the first book that I had read to kind of get there was um, Julia Cameron's Artist Way. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It, it's not me. I mean, it, it didn't hit with me. Yeah. Um, I appreciate some of the ethos of that book, but it wasn't helpful for me. Yeah. There was a lot of cataloging and a lot of identifying the people who support you and, and the people who don't support you. Yeah. And I think it's valuable, honestly, to do a little cataloging to make sure when you, you share this new part of your life or a part of your life that you're returning to, that in the beginning, you only share it with 
people who you think are going to be supportive of you and not try to knock you down because you're going to be a fragile little flower for a little while about what it means. And, you know, always there's some kind of ego or airs that you're putting on by being a writer. When in truth, I think everybody's a writer and um, it's a really valuable art. But um, anyway, that book wasn't wildly inspirational to me. Yeah. It had its pieces, but one that actually helped me a ton was Stephen King's on writing. I could second that too. <laughs> that was probably one so, of the first books like early on I read. For there was no pretension. Yeah. And it was the one to me that got, I mean, honestly, and the parts that are about writing, all the stuff about King's life is, you know, really interesting. Yeah. But, but the pieces on writing, there's probably 50 or 60 pages. It's really, really short. Yeah. But this hammering home the importance of finishing and just yeah barreling through your first draft, yep. getting through the damn thing helped me so much yep. because no matter what, no matter what, at the end of that draft, you wrote a book and now you sure you got a big lump of clay. Yeah, you got to yeah. go back. You got to, you know, smooth it out. You got to add some details. You got to fix some plot points. Yeah. But it's way easier to do that, at least for me, than it was to edit as I was going. Yeah. So yeah. I would really recommend reading that book. And, and yeah. just to reiterate, you know, King's point, finish. Don't edit as you write. Just get through the damn thing. Yeah. And edit later. You'll have plenty of time to make it pretty. And don't share it with anybody. Yeah. Not even your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your partner, your dog, therapist. No one. (laughs) Nobody. Nobody. Just let it sit and then come back to it. Because anything can derail you. I will say that I think writers by nature, um, I don't want to speak for all writing kind. I can speak for myself. I'm sensitive. Yeah. I think writers can be sensitive. I think it, it's what makes good writing good. Yeah. It's that empathy, that emotion, being able to tie into the human plight. Yeah, yeah. But because of that, we're a little fragile too. And I mean, we, obviously, you know, everybody wants to be praised. I think writers want to be read. And of course, you know, we want our works to be liked. Yeah. Even before they're published, I think we're just in a really fragile state that if you go for that approval early on, you're not going to like what you get because you're not putting your best foot forward until you edit it a few times. I was just thinking like, this was like the first big thing I've shared with that I've written that I've shared with more than like two or three people. I definitely had a light bulb moment of there was this big fear of I've done this thing and I'm handing it off to someone to read. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I know I handed it off to uh, you read the, the second or third draft, but uh, a friend of mine read it and another friend of mine and he was really brutally honest with with his feedback on it mm-hmm. and but at that point i just like i took out all of my like emotional connection to it and was just like okay how do i make this thing better now it's tough and it was brutal and i was like oh man can i do this and then when i reread it i was like okay this is garbage and then you just keep reading keep reading and then going back and like i said after that second draft i was like oh this is getting better. Then it's like, okay, I know how to take feedback now and use it constructively and don't take it as like a, an attack, like on my, you know, personal skills. Cause like, I know I can get better at it and I know I need to get better at it. So I think you got my questionnaire when I sent out to like beta readers and like one of the, the first kind of rules of, of, of reading and giving me feedback was I didn't want people to be nice. I was like, don't be nice, be honest because mm-hmm. being nice doesn't help me make this better. Like you have to tell me what, what's wrong with it. You know, and once you get to that point, it's, it completely changes the game. Actually people, other people who read it were more concerned about hurting my feelings. And I was like, no, 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 do not. No, no, no. You have no idea how much, how much you're helping me right now by calling out nitpicky stuff. And as much as I would um, say to not share your early work, one thing that I have found helpful since everything I think is about story, not just the stories we're telling on the screen or in print, but the stories we kind of tell about ourselves. One thing that's helped me a lot is talking about 
writing. You know, I'll share with like dads at pickup. They're like, oh, how's your day going? It's like pretty good. You know, I was editing today and, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, or, you know, I'm working on, you know, this chapter because the more I talk about it, it, it doesn't feel like a dirty secret anymore. I mean, obviously, I'm not trying to brag like, oh, ho, ho, I'm writing a book. Yeah. But it's yeah. the most important thing next to my kids in my life right now. So I want to talk about it. And at first, I was like a little nervous about bringing it up. You know, yeah. it was this hidden thing. It's yeah. like, it's not pornography. You know, you're sliding under your bed. Do kids still do yeah. that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> they slide their iPads under their bed. <laughs> but um, talking about it helped me because I, beca- I became more comfortable with the idea of yeah. defining myself as a writer. Yeah. I won't say author until I'm published, but I can say writer. You know? Yeah, agree, agree. Uh, yeah, I had some a similar kind of, I still do. I, I Sometimes I don't like talking, but I love talking about it. Like I'm excited about it and I'm like really passionate about it and I enjoy talking about it, like learning from hearing from people what they have to say. But I know early on I was like terrified to tell people what I was like doing and working on. And I don't know, it's a, it's definitely a, another thing to get over because once you start talking it through, it's it's um it also kind of validates that, oh yeah, I, I've written something. I am a writer. This is what I this is what I've done. So we're talking about where to start, where to begin and, and how to kind of get that going. I think another part of that process too is what like what are we reading right now and what are you what are you watching and, and what are you kind of consuming while you're getting going? So I don't know. What do you what have you been what have you been reading or, or watching lately that Yeah, I mean I wanna echo that. I feel like you can't write or at least you can't write well unless you're reading. And yeah. I'm not saying you gotta read every minute of the day. Obviously, like we're on Reddit, you're reading email, you're reading the paper. But I think if you're writing fiction, you need to be reading fiction. To write well, you need to read. You don't need to read every second of the day. But I think picking out something in genre or out of genre is super important. I think movies work too. Hell man, I'll tell you what, when I was sitting down uh, working on this, you know what helped me oddly enough? Final Fantasy VII. Nice. (laughs) Right? So I was sitting down, I was like, you know what? A lot of my characters right now are spinning off on side quests yeah you know like the party's changing people are trading and and then i started seeing these references in final fantasy (laughs) yeah all the way back to star wars so like final fantasy at its impetus was influenced by star wars Mm -hmm. uh, which is obviously you know influenced by arthurian legend and you know so yeah final fantasy was helpful to me as were a bunch of in genre books that i was reading at the time and still still am right now actually reading yeah, so right now I'm reading The Troop by Nick Cutter, which is in genre. It's a horror novel. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's so good. I've read yeah. a bunch of like horror and in genre stuff just to see, you know, for competitive analysis, to see where I fit um, and where my, my style fits. Yeah. And I haven't found anything that I wanted to like that really struck me as one, like great. Yeah. And I think The Troop, which came out in 2014, is just an impressive bit of fiction. Yeah. That, yeah, and honestly, that. the other thing that that stuck out to me is um, obviously uh, Zone One by Colson Whitehead. It's like yeah. this interesting mix of literary fiction and genre fiction. And, um, you know, on my best day, I don't think I can get to that level. Yeah. But Jesus, it, it's inspiring. You yeah. know, it's it's w- wonderfully written. And yeah. so, I mean, I totally recommend The Troop if you're into horror and Zone One if you're into horror. Yeah. And the, yeah, super inspirational. Nice. Yeah, it's funny. I didn't read any books that were related to my genre when I was as I was writing this. I think I think I read like The Stand and and a bunch of sci-fi novels. But it, I think it was good. It was good to kind of like step outside of that because I did read one because my book's like a kind of a techno thriller, espionage type of thing. And I, I read one and I was just like, oh man, this is 
this is pretty boring. I'm not going to say what it was, but I was like, this is pretty boring. I don't like it. Um, I was like, oh, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> oh no, is mine boring? <laughs> so I was like, let's, let's focus on not making it boring like this. <laughs> yeah, last summer I had a bit of a crisis because I was like, okay, I'm writing a horror book and this is like not great to say, but I don't read horror books. Like yeah. I, I read like, you know, I counted myself literary fiction. In fact, one of the reasons why I think I didn't write for so long was because I was waiting for the great literary fiction idea to come. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was going to write something great. But, you know, when I sit down to write, all of a sudden it's all, you know, you know, zombies and, <laughs> yeah. you know, slashers and all that. It's like the 1980s horror movies that I was influenced by. So I, I didn't really know what was happening in the horror genre. Obviously, I've read like a um, staggering amount of King. But other yeah. than King... I didn't know. So I kind of took it as my homework to go to the library. We've got a great one here and just get as many books in genre out as I could just to see where I was falling because I'd started writing honestly without knowing the landscape at all. And I yeah. think you kind of need to know the landscape. You did. Um, I agree. I agree. For writing, but also later on for um, comps, you know, what is this like? Yeah. Which I'm having a hard time. I've been, cause originally this was, I pictured this as a screenplay. So in my head, I was using movies to like, kind of compare it to uh i i started mine as a screenplay yeah that's yeah. What that's i mean if we're talking about where we start we started there yeah so it's like I mean, movies like I, I mean we're both i mean massive movie fans so it's like that's where my brain goes like my brain goes towards movies uh because that's what i know you know i did i honestly I know like, why i transitioned away from a script yeah why did you transition away from a script doing going this route i knew i could control every aspect of it and mm -hmm. I could publish it and have it out there and I could mostly powered by myself. Obviously you need a lot of people to do this, this process, but like a screenplay, I was like, yeah, cool. I could write one, but what are the chances, you know, that feels like such a chasm to, to leap over to like produce something and get it out there and say like, I've got this thing, you know, in a novel, it was like, I, I can, I can, you know, with self-publishing everything, which is the route I'm going to go. It's like, I have so much more control over this and I can do it. And it's, you know, kind of controlled my own, my own fate there. Uh, instead of hoping that some script reader somewhere comes across it. <laughs> yeah, similar for me. It was honestly the agency and um, you don't need to rely on yeah. too many other people. So I was sitting down to write the, the script and you can picture it in your head, but you know, you're know you not supposed to yeah. add a bunch of detail, you <laughs> yeah. know, or you know, and they're yeah. supposed to be kind of bare bones by, by nature. And I was like, wow, I got to rely on so many people that when the script is done, it's the script's done, but like but my quote unquote vision will be, um, goes through so, so many hands. Yeah. So many, or, and honestly, if we're speaking, honestly, it would have gone through none. Yeah. I just would have finished the script and I yeah. would have kicked it out. And, uh, you know, if I didn't have, you know, our wonderful friends who are filmmakers assist, they would just would have sat in a drawer. Mm -hmm. So I know that when I finish this, it's complete and it's complete on my own terms. And you can get it out there. Like you can push that too. So that's, that's, I think, yeah, that's we can like talk the, about that in a, in a future episode, you know, publishing versus self publishing. And yeah, definitely. I think that was uh, good stuff. So we're going to wrap it up there, I think. So that's our episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, join us next time. We'll discuss a fun, interesting topic for us. Tim and I both have lead female characters in our books, and mm -hmm. we've discussed this quite a bit. And it's like men writing female characters. So yeah, men writing women. Oh, yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, but in the meantime, you should head over to our website, writersyndrome.com, for more information. We'll have a bunch of stuff coming up there. You can follow us on Twitter. We are uh, writer underscore syndrome. Uh, until next time, keep writing. Bye.